Daniel Jackson is going to turn some heads this season, and I think it has shown itself to be true this spring. We're talking the spring offense before we have the official spring game tomorrow. Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Kane Robb, host of the show, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And today we are talking some more spring practice previews before the official spring game tomorrow. So be sure to follow us wherever you get the podcast at Golden Gophers. At Locked On Golden Gophers might help to throw the Locked On there, but also head on over to YouTube. Hit subscribe over there because we've got some big things getting ready to happen for year number two of this show with me as the host, and I am excited. I am, I'm keeping it behind closed doors right now. I want to make sure it's hush, 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 but I can tell you it is going to be a good time for season two. Now, Tomorrow is officially the spring game, and the spring game has been moved indoors, which means it is no longer open to the public. But that being said, it can be watched on the Big Ten Network and will be covered on Gophers Radio Network as well. And the diaper drive and the ore decorations that typically follow with or go hand-in-hand with that spring game will be moved to the fall and announced closer to then as well. So I just want to make sure you are up to date and in the know if you hadn't heard already. Now, the final thing of spring is this spring game. And you know what? That's the final thing of team workouts. Let me slow my roll because it's not the final thing you'll hear covered here. In fact, this show continues to go even beyond this spring game. We'll cover topics like we'll keep you posted on transfer additions, recruiting targets, rankings. We'll do top five lists and things like that, plus player interviews, positional analysis, and so much more. So be sure to subscribe over on YouTube and follow wherever you get the podcast to keep your Gophers content going strong throughout this offseason. Now, yesterday we covered the defense spring uh, practice kind of preview and getting ready for the spring game. We're going to talk about the players that have stood out in this spring on the offensive side of ball today, and then also address some of the questions that we still have moving forward. Now, sticking to yesterday's format, we have four players who have stood out and I want to address those right away from the get-go. So player number one, I already mentioned him in the quick open, and that is Daniel Jackson, because Daniel Jackson, folks, he showed out last year. He stepped up in big moments. And you got to remember, he didn't play hardly any of the fall camp. He was coming back from injury. He missed the first two games, was on a pitch count for game three, and really came back in game four against Michigan State, where he came out with two touchdowns right from the jump. Now, Daniel Jackson also then follows that up on the Purdue game. And it was basically the only thing the offense could get going with Mo Ibrahim out. And Daniel Jackson getting over 100 yards and really getting the Gophers into scoring territories, even though we'd eventually miss a field goal. We dropped a touchdown for interception. So other faulty air issues that happened outside, but Daniel Jackson held things together. He really grew over the course of last season. He had some huge moments throughout the season, including the game at Wisconsin, including the bowl game. Daniel Jackson showed out. He showed he can be a number one wide receiver, especially when Chris Amon Bell went down with injury but now 
you come, you watch these spring sessions, and I can tell you he is a dude. He is a stud. He is that guy. And it is very apparent to both the trained eye in the in the football space when it comes to scouts, coaches, and whatnot, but also to the untrained eye of fans as well. He is coming alive both last season and even more so in this spring. I tell you, I think he looks even better right now, more confident, more understanding, and it truly looks like the game is slowing down for him, and that could be an absolutely scary thing for opposing defenses that have to go against this guy because not only could this team be passing more, which only helps his hit case with getting open more, getting more, more production, more opportunity. But when Chris Edmund Bell comes back, that's another guy who can be a number one receiver and claim that type of attention. So you've got two guys that can do that on top of guys that are showing they can be a problem as well in the next one. That is actually a player who stood out to me is Elijah Spencer. So you're talking about three players that have really gone out there and shown, look, I am a guy when it comes to receiving the ball, catching the football, and doing extraordinary things with it. Now, Elijah Spencer is another player that stood out to me. Like I said, he's number two on my list. And Elijah Spencer, I want people to understand this. If you go out to any Badger fan out there or maybe even other Big Ten fans out there and say who are some of the big transfers over the course of this last offseason, you'll likely hear guys like Tanner Mordecai, who went to the, the Badgers as a quarterback, Nick Evers, Badgers quarterback. And then you'll hear people say C.J. Williams, who came from USC, wide receiver for the Badgers. But if you look at two out of the three recruiting platforms out there, and that's what I like to do is really get a holistic picture view when I look at any rankings. But I always like to shout out my guys over at Minnesota Rivals. So definitely check them out and the work they are doing. But if you look at two out of the three recruiting or two of the three major recruiting sites, Elijah Spencer is a higher rated transfer prospect than CJ Williams, who is getting absolutely touted across the Big Ten and especially in Cheeseland, Dairyland over there in Wisconsin. So what I'm saying is, look, people are not going to give this guy, Elijah Spencer, enough credit heading into the season. But what was prevalent when watching him in the open opportunities that we were able to with the media and with fans was that he is giving the defense problems. He can get up there and he can win a contested catch. He can create in space. He can create separation. And on top of that, Justin Wally was the guy who said to the media after the open media practice on April 11th, we said, you know, who are some receivers that have been out there and really stood out to you? And he said, outside of the obvious, because... Daniel Jackson was who he was referring to there. The next guy he mentioned was Elijah Spencer, who was giving the DBs troubles, problems, and he is a hard cover. So it's not just me saying this. It's players on the team that are seeing him each and every day on the practice field. And then we spoke with John. I spoke with John Vogel earlier this week. He had him on the pod, but I also talked to him about, you know, who were some people that stood out to him. We're talking about the, the transfer portal and catching up in that space. And John is still getting up to date with who's transferred where because he's been so locked in and honed in on the 2023 NFL draft that as soon as that's over, he takes a deep dive to see where these new landing spots were for folks. But I mentioned Elijah Spencer and how he had really impressed me. And I was like, yeah, he came from Charlotte. And he's like, oh, from Charlotte? 
Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about because I went out to scout Grant DuBose and I was out there to look at, you know, could he be a late round guy? Could he really be standing out? And I found my eyes being drawn every time to Elijah Spencer. I was like, who is this nine guy over on Charlotte? And he's like, so to know that's who you're talking about, like, yes, high upside guy, very intriguing. My eyes kept going to him when I was out there to watch a different player. And he thinks he might already be more talented than said player who's getting looks towards the NFL draft. So you're talking about that type of talent coming to the power five and maybe being in an offense that passes even more. He thinks that he's a big time get for Minnesota as well. He stood out in these spring sessions. I'm excited for Elijah Spencer. Next player on the list, we've got to talk about who stood out was Ethan Kaliak Manis. Now, there have been ups and downs this spring, and from what we've seen or been able to see, you know, there were moments that have been talked about that there were struggles where he got pulled out, and then he got put back in, and he goes off and throws a nice touchdown to Elijah Spencer over in the corner of the end zone. But what I'm saying is, Ethan finds ways to make a handful of special throws each and every showing that we've had. Now, you know the talent's there. That's prevalent. But he is still feeling out what he can get away with, and he's still getting an understanding for the new idea of this offense. It's not a completely new offense, but the concepts and the goals are a little bit different and shifted. So overall, you can see the handful of special plays where the the placement throws are definitely there, and it's all coming together. But... To me, it looks like he's reading the field a lot quicker after the snap. He is getting through reads very quickly, and that is impressive on its own. But the biggest area of growth for Ethan Kaliak Manis this spring, I believe, is the area of self-correction, owning his mistakes, and never settling. And that is going to be huge long-term for Ethan Kaliak Manis. We know the talent's there. We have seen it firsthand. We know people aren't going to give credit where credit is due quite yet. But because he never settles, because we had talked with his pops about who is Ethan, what is his makeup on a previous show, and he told us, look, he is a grinder. He always wants to get better. He is a leader. He always pushes. He wants to go further. He wants to be better. He wants to better himself. He never is settled with being good. He wants to push for great. Like that is the type of quarterback we're getting with Ethan Kelly Manis. And I think that's been seen more and more in these opportunities that we've been able to see him in the spring windows. This dude is always looking to improve and that will go a long way for his potential and upside. Now, the fourth player that stood out to me the most in this spring sessions is a player you're probably not going to see start in 2023. And that is Greg Johnson. Now, as it currently sits, like I said, I don't think he's going to be a starter per se, but not only has he put his name heavily into the conversation for 2024, but just the fact that he came in getting reps and he's pushing and advanced. And as an early enrollee, true freshman, the coaches are like, yo, we got to get this guy more opportunity, more time on the field, more equipped and involved. Like that should speak to how, good and special he came in from the jump and that is not something you see from true freshmen all the time it's a lot of quick learning and heavy processing and a lot being thrown at you you can be a deer in the headlights sometimes or you can come out heavy and then kind of taper off because it's just so much it's it's a lot to develop it's practice after practice after practice at a high level that's different than high school it is an absolute lot to take in so i think overall the fact that he is showing so much promise so early that just shows you how special he can be, especially in an offensive line room that is very deep and that has a lot of bodies in it. So I wouldn't 
count him completely out of getting a starting opportunity because there's a whole summer and fall camp to go through. If he works harder than the others, if he puts in the extra work and he gets right in the strength and conditioning programs, he absolutely can continue to fight. All of that being said, I would not be shocked. I would be shocked. Sorry. I would be shocked if he doesn't make the travel roster unless him and the team come to an agreement and the coaches like, look, I want a red shirt this first year. Then, then I wouldn't be shocked. But if he's out there and he's like, I'm trying to get on this roster, I'm trying to do what I can immediately, I see him on the travel roster easily in that 10 deep. Now, the final player that I want to give an honorable mention, I know we said only four, but that's Christian Hoskins, who might be the fastest player on the team. They've had a lot of creative usage for him in getting the ball into his hands, and I think we'll see that as we go into the actual fall itself. Now, we've heard about him from Coach Simon, from Ethan Kelly Manis, from Daniel Jackson, all talking about the upside with him. And I think he will find his way into opportunities and looks this season. Now, he'll likely get slot work behind Corey Crooms to start the year, I think. But I think he will be the slot right wide receiver, the number one guy in that role in 2024 and moving forward. And he's likely to get unique touches this year and plays schemes specifically for him. Now, I do want to give shouts to Corey Crooms, who stood out over the spring. Tyler Cooper, who's in the fight for left guard. He's been coming along real fast. Sean Tyler is very fast and coming along. Kenrick Lanier has looked really nice at the and looks like the future of the wide receiver position. And my guy, Martez Lewis, whom I have been hoping he'll be a key player since last year. I think he can go out and win that right tackle position. So I think overall, that's what you're looking at. Players who have stood out, players who have been up there nice and doing things for this offense. It's an exciting time, and we will keep you posted as we hear more. But let's talk about the biggest storylines and the questions that remain coming up next. First, we have to talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar because if you haven't heard yet, Built Bar is doing something new and exciting over at Built.com on April 22nd. I don't have all the details yet. That's how lockdown turned tight key, no loose lips in this department. They want to keep the excitement building and real and only the people over at Built Bar know what's coming to you until April 22nd. So you're not going to want to miss it. But on April 22nd, head on over to Built dot com to find out what the new flavor is because the flavors are unreal over at built and they're limited time limited quantity so you're definitely going to want to mark your calendars head over to built.com on saturday april 22nd which is the same day as the spring game aka tomorrow and you can be one of the first to discover what the hype is all about while you're there make sure to use promo code locked on 15 for 15 percent off your order over at built.com again that's tomorrow now, Gophers fans, I'm excited. We talked NFL draft prospects with the Gophers earlier this week. If you haven't caught that show, definitely tap in and tune in for that one. A lot of good details there with my guy, John Vogel. But Locked On has an NFL mock draft special that has is here, and it's bigger than ever. You can follow along with 32 teams' first picks in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience on Locked On. And Locked On, it's the only thing that we can only deliver to you because you're getting analysis from the college scout or the college uh, experts of their teams on top of the NFL experts, on top of scouting experts, on top of so much more. It's all that insight in one spot and all the episodes are available now on Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. 
<clears throat> All right, so we're moving on to the headlines and the questions so far that remain. Now, the headlines of this spring session were, or the biggest storylines, I guess, were the battle at left guard, right tackle, and even kind of center. I think we still have question marks around those. We'll look to see if there's any insight to gain at the spring game tomorrow. But I think that, that those battles will probably go into the fall camp as well. Another storyline is there's lots of reps being had for depth players with many players on the offensive side of the ball down with injury. We're talking about Brevin Span Ford, Mike, or, uh, Chris Ottman-Bell, Darius Taylor, Zach Evans, uh, Elijah Spencer. All of them have been out for some sort of time, uh, different windows of time within the spring, and that has allowed other players to get opportunities to get looks and to get a look for the coaches. So that's something to keep an eye on because we don't know who will be available for the spring game fully and how long these injuries will be heading into fall hopefully everyone is healthy and ready to go for fall but still to be determined now another headline is Ethan Kalik Manis and how he looks heading into year one as the number one guy there's also been some news out there over the course of the spring with the transfers out like Dalen Wright like Jacob Knuth, like Trey Potts. So some guys have left the program. And then also everyone is very intrigued on what the wide receiver rotation will be with so much depth. So that is kind of where the questions lead us. The first one is the running back position. What will it look like this upcoming season? I don't think we have a clear answer with this spring because two of the top candidates to be heavily in that consideration were both down with injury for a lot of the spring sessions. So I think right now, if you had to make a choice, it's probably Bryce Williams and Sean Tyler splitting some work. But can Darius Taylor and Zach Evans get their names into the conversation heading into the fall camp? I think if they're healthy, they're going to be able to take a shot at take a swing at it and try to get in those conversations. So I think that is still very much up in the air of what that running back position will look like for the Gophers. Another one is who will can secure those O-line jobs. Now, I think if you look at what has been happening over the course of the spring, Nathan Bowe is going to be a starter. He's probably going to be the starting center, but he could play the left guard if needed. So I think he likely ends up the starting center, but there is an opportunity he could go to left guard. If that happens, that means Carter Shaw is starting at center most likely, and that's your locked in five. Or, well, I guess you still got the right tackle out there with J.J. Gede, Martez Lewis, but I am one that truly believes Martez Lewis is going to walk away with that job. Now, if it isn't, Nathan Bowe at the left guard. He is in that center position. Then I think you've got Carter Shaw in the mix. You've got Tyler Cooper in the mix. And like I said, if Greg Johnson can put in enough work, maybe he can enter his name into the conversation as well. We'll see what happens. But I think that O-line, still a lot of questions heading into the fall, which is a good thing because all of those guys could be capable of starting next season. Another question that we kind of touched on, but it's with so many wide receivers in the mix, who truly gets the largest workload in this Minnesota offense? And can Minnesota keep everyone happy and fed in opportunity? You've got guys like Daniel Jackson, Chris Hotman Bell, Elijah Spencer, Corey Crooms. Those are likely the four guys you would think would be the first four off the bench in the rotation in the rotation, starting, you name it, they'll get a lot of the reps. But you've got guys like Christian Hoskins. You've got guys like Lamecki Brockington. You've got guys like Kenrick Lanier, who has been stepping up. Dino Kaliak-Manis, who works and works and works. So it'll be very interesting to see how the Gophers move forward with the wide receiver position. And with so many players that have the talent to be at this Division I level, 
will the Gophers pass the ball more and continue to get more wide receivers out there to get reps by passing the ball more? Or will it stay more conservative in the passing game? And maybe a lot of these guys don't get enough opportunities. I think that's the biggest question, but also when will Crab be cleared? That is another question that we have heading into the fall. And the number one question out there, the number one question heading into the fall is what will this offense look like? Because as much as they can get reps in the spring, as much as they can show little things here and there, we've only seen a glimmer. We've only seen a little bit. And a lot of it was being installed in some of the practices that we were in. So what really was getting true looks? What's going to get cut? We don't know any of that. But will the identity of the team still be to run the ball? Run, 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 like we saw with Mo Ibrahim and pass occasionally? Or will it shift with Ethan Calic Manis as the passer at the helm with the talents he has? Will it shift to a more Ethan in a pass game focused with a complementary run game? I would hope that it starts to shift that way just looking at what the personnel gives us, looking at what the team has been able to do in the spring with the injuries. You would hope it would shift towards a more balanced, more passed first towards a complimentary run game. Let the run game open up more opportunities for the pass game. Uh, not ground and pound like we've seen for years and years now, but it's still a question. We don't know. There's so much to see, so much to still learn with this offense. And we'll dive into these concepts, these thoughts, even more in the offseason, what we'd like to see, what other analysts, I'm going to try to get friends of the show on the on here, like Ryan Burns, like Daniel House, uh, and even more to join us here. Let's talk about some of the thoughts, some of the wishes, some of the hopes, some of the guesses at what this offense could be, but that's coming up in the future. So be sure to hit subscribe so you do not miss any of that. Now, the last thing we're going to close out with is a message that every single Gophers fan that loves Gophers football needs to hear. It is the number one thing that you need to know as we head into next week after the spring game, and that is what's coming up next. All right, here it is, folks. You got to hear it. Number one priority after this spring game is done, do not panic. Do not panic. There are going to be names that very likely enter their name into the portal after this spring game. Plain and simple. There will be players that will be sought after as well. The Gophers will go to the portal and look for players to add. Those two things very likely will happen. Now, if there isn't anybody that enters the portal, that's fantastic. We love it. But looking across the Big Ten and the SEC alone, there very likely will be. We have seen players hit the portal after each of the following spring games. Auburn has seen four players hit since this spring game. Missouri has seen four players hit the portal. Florida has seen one. Arkansas has seen two. Georgia has seen three. Texas A&M seen three. South Carolina, two. Ole Miss, five. Tennessee, one. Mississippi State, five. Indiana, one. Michigan State, three. Penn State, one. Ohio State and Michigan, both with a zero thus far. But that's 13 programs from the SEC and Big Ten alone that have seen multiple people hit the portal after the spring game. It's likely, and even then, there will likely be some think internally that'll be like, oh, something's happening happening internally within the fan bases. Oh, something's happening. Something can't be right. There's too many people leaving. Regardless of it all, 
Next up is going to be fall camp, and that is what is important. That is what we're going to have transfer guys coming in. We still have guys from the 2023 freshman class that will be joining that could play an immediate role. There's so many players that are still going to join this team, and we won't know what the full roster looks like until July. And because of that, because there's going to be so many changes, so many updates, there's so much news for you to keep up on when it comes to Gopher sports. So definitely be sure to follow Locked On Golden Gophers wherever you listen, whether that be audio, whether that be over on YouTube, be sure to hit subscribe because we have it all covered for you at Locked On Golden Gophers. And we're not done this offseason. We're going to keep going. So next week, after the spring game, the first things we're going to talk about are having an eye on the transfer portal and who could be coming this way. We're also going to talk through some priority recruiting targets out there for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. We're going to discuss Ethan Catlick-Manis, the ceiling, the floor, the things that we've seen thus far. We also are going to, I'm in the works of getting a show together with Ron Johnson, legend for the Gophers, and to dive in on some Gophers talk with him and even address a hot button item, a hot button statement that I have seen from so many fans outside of the Gophers fan base about the Gophers that I just have to address it. That is coming next week, so you will not want to miss it. This is Kane Rob signing off. I will see you tomorrow. Uh, because I'm going to do show after the spring game as well. So be sure to follow, be sure to subscribe, be sure to hit me up on Twitter at Gophers Kane Rob, where I will tweet about the, the spring game as well and be in tow there. So I will see you then. Be sure to listen, roll the boat, guy you might, go Gophers. See you next time.